specifies a couple of Beretta submachine guns and some MAC-10s, and she knows where a bunch more are. I want you to concentrate on Nevelda, Starling. You've dealt with her before. These guys will back you up. Uh, we got the easy job, Officer Bolton said with some satisfaction. I think you better tell them about Nevelda, Starling, Brigham said. Starling waited while the van rattled over some railroad tracks. Evelda will fight you, she said. She doesn't look like it. She was a model, but she'll fight you. She's Dijon Drumgo's widow. I arrested her twice on RICO warrants, the first time with Dijon. This last time she was carrying a 9mm with three magazines and mace in her purse, and she had a ballysong knife in her bra. I don't know what she's carrying now. The second arrest, I asked her very politely to give it up, and she did. Then in D.C. detention, she killed an inmate named Marsha Valentine with a spoon shank. So you don't know. Her face is hard to read. Grand jury found self-defense. She beat the first RICO count and played the other one down. Some weapons charges were dropped because she had infant children and her husband had just been killed in the Pleasant Avenue drive-by, maybe by the spliffs. I'll ask her to give it up. I hope she will. We'll give her a show, but listen to me. If we have to subdue Evelda Drumgo, I want some real help. Never mind watching my back. I want some weight on her. Gentlemen, don't think you're going to watch me and Evelda mud-wrestling. There was a time when Starling would have deferred to these men. Now they didn't like what she was saying, and she had seen too much to care. Avelda Drumgo is connected through Dijon to the Treyate Crips, Brigham said. She's got Crip security, our guy says, and the Crips are distributing on the coast. It's security against the spliffs, mainly. I don't know what the Crips will do when they see it's us. They don't cross the G if they can help it. You should know. Evelda's HIV positive, Starling said. Dijon gave it to her off a needle. She found out in detention and flipped out. She killed Marsha Valentine that day and she fought the guards in jail. If she's not armed and she fights, you can expect to get hit with whatever fluid she has to throw. She'll spit and she'll bite. She'll wet and defecate on you if you try to pat her down, so gloves and masks are standard operating procedure. If you put her in a patrol car when you put your hand on her head, watch out for a needle in her hair and secure her feet. Burke's and Hare's faces were growing long. Officer Bolton appeared unhappy. He pointed with his wattled chin at Starling's main sidearm. A well-worn Colt 45 government model with a strip of skateboard tape on the grip, riding in a yaki slide behind her right hip. You go around with that thing cocked all the time, he wanted to know. Cocked and locked every minute of my day, Starling said. Dangerous, Bolton said. Come out on the range and I'll explain it to you, officer. Brigham broke it up. Bolton, I coached Starling when she was into service combat pistol champion three years straight. Don't worry about her weapon. Those guys from the hostage rescue team, the Velcro Cowboys, what do they call you after you beat their ass, darling? Annie Oakley? Poison Oakley, she said and looked out the window. Starling felt pierced and lonesome in this goat-smelling surveillance van crowded with men, chaps, brute, old spice, sweat and leather. She felt some fear and it tasted like a penny under her tongue. A mental image. Her father, who smelled of tobacco and strong soap, peeling an orange with his pocket knife. The tip of the blade, broken off square, sharing the orange with her in the kitchen. The taillights of her father's pickup disappearing as he went off on the night marshal patrol that killed him. His clothes in the closet. His square dancing shirt. Some nice stuff in her closet now she never got to wear. Sad party clothes on hangers like toys in the attic. About another ten minutes, the driver called back. Brigham looked out the windshield and checked his watch. Here's the layout, he said. He had a crude diagram drawn hastily with a magic marker and a blurry floor plan faxed to him by the Department of Buildings. 
The fish market building is in a line of stores and warehouses along the riverbank. Parcel Street dead ends into Riverside Avenue in this small square in front of the fish market. See, the building with the fish market backs onto the water. They've got a dock back there that runs all along the back of the building right here. Beside the fish market on the ground floor, that's Avelda's lab. Entrance here in front, just beside the fish market awning. Avelda will have the watches out while she's cooking the dope at least three blocks around. They've tipped her before in time for her to flush her stuff, so a regular DEA incursion team in the third van is going in from a fishing boat on the dockside at 1,500 hours. We can get closer than anybody in this van, right up to the street door a couple of minutes before the raid. If Avelda comes out the front, we get her. She stays in, we hit the street side door right after they hit the other side. Second vans are back up. Seven guys. They come in at 1,500 unless we call first. We're doing the door how, Starling said. Burke spoke up. If it sounds quiet, the ram. If we hear flashbangs or gunfire, it's Avon call.